Welcome back to the afternoon shows with Glenn Hawke sitting in for Jimmy Smith this afternoon, this last Friday before Christmas. The Well, the business of sport, it's been huge in 2023. And great to have Leo Shanahan from Freshwater Strategy in one more time this year Thanks, to talk bro. the business of sport. Leo, welcome along. Thank you. Winding down for Christmas, are you? Yes, uh, you hope so. But uh, yeah, it's been a big year. It's been a big year for everyone. It's been a big year in the business of sport and uh, fortunately for uh, freshwater strategy in that area as well. Yeah, tell us about the year that's been for you oh, guys. I think one of the highlights, uh, one of the most interesting things we've been working on is uh, in relation to the Professional Fighting League, the PFL, yeah. uh, looking to bring them out to Australia. That will happen, but also the formation of that league globally. Uh, the way it's set up as such a formidable rival now to the UFC in terms of talent and uh, and and the investment globally. You've had uh, investment from, you know, the large Saudi fund. You've had uh, investments, uh, you know, from the United States, from very uh, notable sports investors. And uh, we're hoping to replicate that in Australia as well. With UFC such a, a big player in that combat sport, market based in America but internationally now it's it, it's a global brand it, it's a it's a big challenge for them going up against UFC yeah but i think it's uh, is you know the monopolies never uh, work in sport <laughs> yeah. uh, as in any, anywhere in business and i think that uh, the professional fighting league pfl's got a, a huge opportunity there with the right investment and importantly the right talent and its structure is more of a league structure as opposed to just an event uh one off like the UFC and it's also looking uh, to have a somewhat more equitable pay deal for its ta- for its yeah. talent, and that's that's been an issue for the UFC as well. So the actual structure of the of the league and how the the bouts are determined and things that that's a real point of difference. Yeah, it's 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 a league structure as opposed to one off events. Mm. Uh, so you'll have a you know Australasian league, and then that culminates in a in a in a championship event. Uh, but and that will then that replicates throughout you know North America, Europe, Asia, etc. So. Uh, that's the real difference, and it gives uh, talent time to work through in a system as opposed to kind of one-off uh, UFC, you know, uh, WrestleMania-style events. And it has been, you know, incredible to see the the impact that the UFC has had on the the combat sport landscape. And it's, um, you know, boxing was the the sport that, that dominated for a long time, but it's it's created a real point of difference. Yeah, it has. But uh, you know, and and it's created a point of it difference in different types of like contact sports mm. where traditionally you have you know rugby uh, other types of football uh, boxing but it's shown and, and the way it's developed and the way it's marketed is a very kind of different way it's youthful it's across uh, it's across uh, internet and youtube stars like jake paul etc mm. who you know is also uh is also uh, associated with the pfl so look it should be uh, an exciting year for them all right, talking of big years, uh, one sport it's been a huge year for, not only, not always for the right reasons, but, but Rugby Australia and the game of rugby uh, in Australia, it's probably had its toughest year for some time now, but uh, on the back of World Cups and chairman departures and coaches departures, but uh, you guys are doing a bit of work in this space right now. Yeah, we're, uh, look, we, we've worked in, uh, in rugby in a few different capacities, uh, but uh, we're interested in doing a bit of research on that. Obviously, uh, we're, a, we're a research organisation as well, and we're doing uh, a, a rugby survey, State of Rugby Union Australia mm. survey, so we're doing this independently and uh, interested in what rugby fans have to think about some really key issues, whether it's, uh, you know, administration, coaching, uh, how the game's going to be structured. So 
uh, if you are a rugby fan, you're interested in engaging in that, uh, in engaging in that survey, go to freshwaterstrategy.com under our insights page. And if you do, you'll get that, uh, you'll get those insights early and, uh, it will be released publicly in January. Leo, given what's happened in the last, uh, six to 12 months, I don't think you'll be short of, uh, fans wanting to, to put their hand up and have their say on what they think yeah. is going well or, or otherwise with the game. Yeah. Look, I think Glenn, uh, you know, just look, even the other day, you know, now there's talk of, uh, 9 million demand, $9 million demand for further funding mm. by the super rugby clubs. Uh, there's talk, uh, from, from RA who f- fortunately secured an $80 million loan, but they couldn't achieve that private equity. Yeah. Uh, uh, and now there's talk that the rebels, the Melbourne Rebels might be in serious financial trouble. That is, you know, are they going to be able to sustain themselves in the competition? You know, we talk about Rugby Australia being in a nadir and, you know, could it be any worse? Well, it can get worse if yeah. the rugby, if the super rugby competition, yeah. uh, you know, the teams start dropping out. So, um, you know, this is why I think it's particularly interesting to get a gauge of what the public thinks about all these rugby fans because, uh, you know, it has been... It's, as you said, it's uh, it's been one of the business sports stories of the year, not a great one, but it's just the way uh, and that devolution of rugby in Australia has happened so quickly. Uh, people have been warning uh, warning on it for years, but uh, it seems that it's, uh, it's really kind of gone off the edge. Isn't it? You mentioned about the financial situation of rugby. When you look at some NRL, AFL, cricket, such a, a big component of their, their income each year is through their broadcast rights. And, you know, both of the our main... Football codes in Australia of their broadcast rights deals seem to have gone up, up and up each year. It's tough for rugby when they don't have that big cash injection from from a broadcaster. Yeah, look, they have a good deal with with uh, Nine and and, and Stan, uh, and but, but wouldn't be not on the level of what these other no, sports are. No, and right? and that's the issue. I mean, unless you have you have sports sports broadcast rights that are going to you know increase on on deal on deal mm. uh it's very it's it becomes increasingly harder now um how that happens is talk now that you know stan might not renew that deal mm. uh, that was a big kind of pillar for them in a paid content model uh so if they don't renew that deal uh you know where do they go there's some really interest there is interesting developments in 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 terms of uh, tech companies yep. uh, going to uh, looking at rugby rights. So I think that, sorry, looking at sports rights generally, rugby could be a part of that. So so without uh, a major broadcast deal, where do these sports, where do they turn to? You mentioned about the private equity that, that didn't happen. Uh, unless a, a billionaire turns up and wants to, to tip in a lot of money, where, where does this come from? Well, I think that's, you know, private investment is, you know, is, is one of the big hopes that they have in terms mm. of, uh, in, in terms of, uh, saving the code. And I think that's the question. That's this kind of existential crisis. Now that rugby's in, they have to really separate, uh, the, the, the competition from, you know, rugby Australia administration. Do they take that step, have a like privately owned league like they do in, in, in France? Mm. Um, are they going to, can it attract that level of capital? Well, Perhaps you could if you had that freedom away from like a, a rugby Australia model uh, that is quite constrained. So you are uh, you're going through this state of rugby union survey at the moment. Uh, be publicly available in January. Freshwater strategy. Will you be sharing it with rugby Australia? Will be working with them. Oh, we'll what, make what's the, the plan? We'll make the, we will make the findings public. Yeah. Uh, in you know in 
both on our on our website and in, and in the media. So uh, yeah, we're, we're more than happy to share those with you with you guys. In the year. <laughs> It'd be uh, no doubt it'd be intriguing reading uh, once it happens in in January. We'll look forward to that in the new year. Um, been a big year in in twenty twenty three in the world of business and sport for you. What's been the what's been the hot topics? Oh look. Uh, as we said, you know, the, the rugby story is, was a big story, not a good one. I think a very good one is obviously the Women's World Cup yeah. and the Matildas. I mean, that's just given football in Australia a huge leg up on, you know, <clears throat> the Socceroos were a surprising success mm. uh, in the, in the uh, previous year and uh, Matilda's huge success. So, you know, 900 million odd revenue estimates from, from that Women's World Cup. Interestingly, they still say they only made a tiny profit off it. That is yeah. FIFA saying they only made a tiny profit off it. Uh, but... What that does in terms of you know prize money, uh, I think it's uh, the prize money for the Matildas came in at around nine and a half million. Mm. Obviously, it's still a long way off the pace uh, compared to male counterparts, but nonetheless, it's still it's pretty extraordinary. And and the the question for Football Australia is like you know how do they leverage that in a domestic competition? Once again, yeah. it is separate from from. Uh, the league here, uh, the the structure is different. The A League, mm. uh, but the A League still struggling, and so even the, in the women's competition, you know, a lot of the best Matildas don't play in Australia, obviously, yeah. because you know, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But how do you build up a competition that's going to have some uh, sustainable and supportive domestic uh, fan base? What it has shown, though, with the Matilda support following the World Cup, and we've seen this week another game in Melbourne that it's already been sold out. So the the eyeballs that were were on the Matildas during the World Cup, it, it is continuing to flow on afterwards, which is amazing to see. Yeah, it is, and uh, you know, full credit to that team and that and, the, and that organisation for for doing that. And, and uh, you know, it, it's it is one of the great revolutions of Australian sport. You know, this uh, Matildas and 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 women's sport generally, the growth has been extraordinary. It's there's been a lot of talk for a long time about you know its potential. Uh, in, you know, women's team sports, but this has really shown that it can not only compete, but beat uh, some of the top flight men's sports in this country. I mean, that, that semifinal was uh, the, you know, this, the single largest uh, uh, ratings event, mm. not just sporting event, but ratings yeah. event since Kathy Freeman yeah. in, in, in the Sydney Olympics in that seminal moment. So uh, it's just an insight into where uh, the potential of women's sport is at. The incredible thing for me with the uh, the match that went the long, the longest penalty shootout in the history of World Cup yeah. women's cricket, that was being played. Uh, while that's being played, I was working at the Sydney Roosters game at Allianz Stadium. And during the pregame of that match, we had the Matildas game being played on the big screen. And that was effectively the pregame entertainment. Uh, once the game started went to the uh, the Sydney Roosters game, but all the TVs around the stadium still had the Matildas game playing and the amount of people that were sitting up in the uh, in the concourse watching that. And a funny thing happened. The, the Melbourne Storm scored, and at the time, the final penalty went in for Australia. And there was a huge roar in the crowd, and we were wondering why everyone's cheering for the Melbourne Storm. But in fact, it was the... Uh, the Matildas. Just quickly before you go, the yeah. um, the hot topic for 2024. Oh, look, uh, I think uh, one to watch. We're talking about broadcast rights before. I think it will be interesting to see this evolution of the big tech companies coming mm. into sports broadcast. They've all. It's always been the you know the this behemoth that is threatened to 
really tear up the traditional uh, sports broadcasting models for media companies. And now we've seen Amazon do it uh, with cricket. Yeah. It's a big deal there. And globally, you see Apple, who won a $2 billion odd deal apparently uh, for F1. Yeah. Uh, and that will completely change the dynamic of the way. I mean, for, for the consumer, it won't change a lot because we, we are you know consuming things on streaming services, whether it's yeah. Apple, whether it's Amazon now. But it does change the model because a lot of these big tech companies, I'm not suggesting they, they don't want to make money off these uh, sports rights deals, but the amount of money they can throw at it and the way they see it, it's a different proposition yeah. uh, from traditional broadcasters, a, a, a Fox, for instance, that relies on subscriptions yeah. to make money off those uh, off those sports deals or a Channel 9 or, you know, who, who base advertising around mm. those big events. They don't have that. That is not their incentive in the same way. Yeah. It's about an ecosystem of their products. So they've got a lot of money they can throw it at and frankly afford to lose a bit more. And what does that mean for traditional broadcasters? Yeah, it could be the ultimate disruptor in uh, in broadcast. Leo, thanks so much for joining us here this afternoon. A big thanks to Freshwater Strategy for their support. Um, Christmas, looking forward to it, no doubt? Oh, very much so, very much so. And another big year in business and sport next year, Glenn. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with more.